Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Good morning from the Crop Doctors Podcast studio in Stoneville. Tom and I have a couple of special guests here with us this morning. Ben Lawrence, Reed Kelly. Ben and Reed both worked at Stoneville for many years, and now they're both gainfully employed and still living in the greater Stoneville, Greenville, Leland area. So we wanted to get them in this morning. Metroplex. Refer to it as the Metroplex. Yeah, no, it's not. It's just an area. (laughs) It's not. Reed probably remembers this. You remember the Greater Delta phone book? That was like a big deal. I, I remember the first one. I mean, I was a little guy. But so it had Greenville, Leland, and all the little towns around, and then it had a bunch of towns in Arkansas, too. And that's when everybody had a phone number, and sometimes you needed to know what a phone number is. Speaking of that, so here's my question. I was struggling, Tom. I was struggling with a question. How many phone numbers could either one of y'all call off the top of your head? I could probably come up with five or six, maybe. I'm probably going to say like two or three. Off the top of my head. I might could get 10. <clears throat> you think? Oof. I'm trying to lowball just in case you actually make us start trying to. That was my initial concern, but I, I think I could come up with somewhere between 8 and 10. Then we could even spin that just a step further. Is one of those your spouse's phone number? Ooh, I just did learn my wife's cell phone number like in the last six months. <laughs> right. And we've been together, married or dating for like 11 years, so. Well, my brother actually has my old phone number, so I could probably bump that up to about four or five. But, yeah, my wife is one of them. That is an artifact of the cell phone at this point. Oh, no question. I mean, there's that. just the, – I don't – I used to know phone numbers just left and right. And I now could probably – I could probably give you ten numbers, and probably five of those would be old numbers that I've had. You know, something else, I, speaking on the cell phones, is directions. Before, my cell phone would tell me everywhere I needed to go by punching it in. When I used to deliver a chemical for Sanders, you know, somebody'd say, you know, you got to go two hours and take four lefts and one right turn when you get to this county line, and I could do it. And you know, now it's like, man, I'm, I might make one, but could you send me a pen? Send that me would, a pen. Send me a pen. That would help. And that's not like that was 25 years ago either, Ben. That was a few no, years ago. 2010 or 11. I don't know how you got somewhere to, that you didn't know how to get there before you could just pop it in your phone and – there are some people that inherently do a really good job of giving directions. They give a, a good landmarks and some other things. And then there are some folks that could get you lost going from the cap center to NWAC. That's and fair. you can see the building out the window and they can't give you directions there. Turn right. You'll see a trailer house. that has got some tires on top of it. And then there'll be a tank with a hole in it. And there'll be about four pit bulls. That's right. Coming <laughs> And people people struggle with distance. That's not where you want to go. Keep keep going past that. There's a big difference between five miles and three quarters of a mile. Or it's, it's not that far. It's, it's not just that right far. on the road. It's, it's not couple, that far. A couple miles. Just right on the road. Ranges from a half to ten. A couple. <laughs> or if you call them and tell them what you're seeing on the road, then they're like, oh, no, 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 turn, turn around. You don't need to go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where are you? No, don't. No, you don't. Want to and that there. pin construct, depending upon where the field is or the location, if you're within the vicinity of a few towns within the greater delta, you're going to end up not even close. 
Very few times has Reed met words that he'd like to use. So we'll let Reed talk first, Tom. That's not a bad idea. A lot of y'all have heard Ben on here before. I don't know. You were on here several times for various different things over the years. Yeah, ironically, I get surprised when, you know, in my new job and going places and people go, you know, I heard heard your podcast on the the Crop Doctors or Mississippi Situation podcast. I can't remember which ones, but... You know, it's it always surprises me. It, even when I, now that I'm working in Arkansas and Louisiana, you know, folks that I've never met have remembered my name or maybe my voice from some of those podcasts. So. He's what you would consider a recurring guest. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that. We invited Reed and Ben today. Both these guys are from the area. Ben a little bit further away than Reed. Reed's from Leland, but the common ground that they have they both worked at Stoneville for many years and we're going to let Reed go first and just tell y'all how he ended up at Stoneville and then what he's doing now and then we'll let Ben do the same things Reed tell folks where you're from and about your time at Stoneville like Jason said I'm born and raised in Leland Mississippi I started off working as a summer worker here for Dr. Jeff Gore who is now the director of this station him and Don Cook worked for through high school and through my undergraduate degree while I was at Mississippi State. I'd come home during the summers and work for him. And then I had an opportunity, or Jeff offered me an opportunity to get my master's degree at Stoneville here and in entomology. And I thought, well, hey, about as good as I could get right there. So I, I accepted it and did my master's degree under him. Uh then was offered a position by Dr. Jason Bond sitting across from me to get my PhD in weed science, uh, looking at soybeans. Um, my master's degree was in rice, so um, so I spent, I guess, what was it, 2017 to 2019 working for you, Jason? Ah, uh, maybe something around in there. So, and well, no, because you just got done for 2020, maybe is when it was. It when tw- did you get done? You just got, I don't even remember. Was that last year? It would have been the year before. Yeah, technically last year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Officially last year, so maybe 2022. to 2019 to 2022 was what yeah, it was. Yeah, that, that sounds better. It all blends together at this point. It was this era, though, Tom. <laughs> it was this era. <laughs> I was, uh, that I'm was never going to let Bowman live that down. Effective use of a hunterism. Reed and Hunter Bowman were here at the same tower in school here at the same time. What are you doing now? So now I work at a company called Stoneville R&D, Inc. It's stationed in Greenville, Mississippi. We have a few different locations around Washington County that we conduct a private research on. Just basically what y'all do here is what we do there. Um, anything from efficacy trials to fertility, biologicals, seed treatment stuff. Um, a few little disease trials, some insect trials, just a little bit of everything. So we've got it going this year so far. But it's been interesting working at uh, Stoneville R&D. Uh, my boss, Tyler Horn, which I'm sure some of the people that listen to this podcast may know him, hired me on right as I was finishing up my Ph.D. It's been great, man. I had my first season in last year, going into my second season outside of my Ph.D. So I've learned a lot uh, being out away from Mississippi State, but – what I learned at Mississippi State being trained by you, 
and Tom, even though I didn't work under Tom, I felt as Tom was a very good mentor to me for stuff that I was not aware of in the fields that I was studying. Cause I, I always wanted to be more of a well-rounded. I didn't want to be really great at one thing. I want to be pretty good at a lot of different stuff. I usually leaned on people like Tom or Bobby when he was still here to help kind of fill in some of the gaps for stuff like fertility and diseases that uh, I wasn't technically getting a degree in. So, and that's been very, very, very beneficial to me in the work that I'm doing now, doing so many different disciplines, doing research on so many different disciplines. So, And I still lean on you guys for questions and coming to help me look at stuff. Reed and his wife have two kids. One of them was born when he was right in the middle of graduate school and one right after he started his new job. He keeps the constant turmoil going in the the (laughs) Kelly residence. (laughs) As if I didn't have enough going on already, let's throw a a kid in there. Keeps us young. So, yeah, I I married my high school sweetheart. We've got a five-year-old little girl and a one-year-old boy, so I'm extremely busy. Emotion and commotion. Ben, tell folks about you. Some of the podcasts before this, I've probably given a little bit of my background. Yeah, it's been a long time ago. Yeah, so... I'm originally from uh, the north part of the state. I grew up uh, halfway between New Albany and Oxford. Family farmed up there, or, or my uncles did, so I worked on their farm. Until I went for gainful employment with Jimmy Sanders at the time. It was still Jimmy Sanders. And then from there, I wound up on a grain elevator in Lake Providence, Louisiana. And a friend of mine was coming to grad school at Stoneville. And I was working 100 hours a week, living in a hotel, and he called and said, hey, I'm still thinking about going to grad school. Do you, do you want to go? I think you know, this guy's got room for another uh, another student. And so I said, it's got to be better than what I'm doing right now. So my first day at Stoneville was my first day at really kind of any ag research complex. I always joked that I was the most accidental Ph.D. that you could have had. I said, just <laughs> the stars lined up right. And, and if you'd have told me then that I would have gone on to finish a Ph.D. under Jason that, you know, I was like, man, there's no way, dude. I, I don't even know, I don't even know what the language these folks are speaking. So yeah, I started in you know my master's of weed science in 2013 ish. Yeah, about then. And then I finished that up about 2015 or 2016. Still, still same era though, Tom. So the interesting part was uh, when I s- swapped from my master's to my PhD is I'd come from my ag business background into a you know a science based program I wound up taking so many courses and prereqs to meet the requirements plus the education I needed to fulfill you know what what everybody thought was what you should know when you're done with a master's that I was only like 18 hours away from the full requirements of a PhD so during that time we gotten pretty interested in the in the subject that I worked on with drift on rice and so you know Jason kept me on um, hired me as a research associate and so with that you know being full-time employed I was able to still take like six hours a semester or something and so I only had like four semesters of classes that I ended up taking and I was already doing research so I uh, just continued on uh, for another four years to finish my PhD uh, once I finished that I worked for Mississippi State for probably a year year and a half as a cropping systems agronomist and then an opportunity came for Kind of a tech service, uh, research, uh, agronomist role with Simplot for uh, Tennessee and Mississippi, which carried me not only in Tennessee and Mississippi, but really from Mississippi all the way to uh, Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. So my my 17 counties in the Delta that I was used to working with turned into 17 states pretty quick. 
currently they've done some reorganization of roles and responsibilities. And so my new territory that I started in December is from Stuttgart, Arkansas to uh, Crowley, Louisiana. And really south of there, there, there's another location south of there. So it's the whole state of Louisiana and uh, the southern part of Arkansas. Ben and I still kind of work up until now. We still work together some outside of Mississippi State. Even whenever you were at Mississippi State, you had finished up as I was starting with Jason, right? Yeah. You know, you and I worked together some. I'll never forget that story the day that I was trying to get that rice out of that rig into the grain bins. I was sitting out there all day and you just pulled up in your truck and you look at me and goes man you look like you need some help <laughs> i was shoveling rice out of that bob truck for four hours of being it actually may have been the first time i met Reed. yeah it really was and i looked th- miserable oh i was miserable i'd been out there all day and ben grabbed a shovel and he's like i was probably fixing to have a heat stroke honestly ben's like <laughs> i was like no i'm good ben goes no dude i'm gonna come help you before you pass out in the back of this bob truck that, was that uh, the green bin back here yeah, we had Boise had harvested some rice for Jeff or my rice, and I drove that Bob truck from field 16 to the grain bin. Nobody knows where either of those things are. Yeah, so in the compound here, at the Stone north Hall, side of the farm, the north side of the farm, out by the catfish complex, which is an accomplishment in itself. Getting that Bob truck, I was going to say the fact that you could actually get the clutch to actually catch is an accomplishment. In and of itself. Yeah, so you're probably not, but maybe three-quarters of a mile as the crow flies from where the bob truck was to where the grain bins are. And I'm sure that thing doesn't have power steering, so I would imagine that was an awesome yeah, and the accomplishment, bra- too. The brakes are questionable at best, too. But, yeah, Ben, ben grabbed a shovel or a hoe or something and, and hopped up in the back of that bob truck and helped me finish it off because it was not going well. Because the bob truck only leans back, or the dump on the bob truck only goes back so far. Your Boise and load the front of the bob truck up with rice instead of the back of it. It makes it very interesting trying to get it out. It just occurred to me, uh, or while they were talking, Tom, that Reed and Ben both worked in our program at one point, and that's not why I invited them. But I think an interesting part the fact that y'all both worked here for a number of years and then worked here in different roles, too. In addition to doing multiple degrees here, Reed, you were an hourly at one point, which anybody that's ever worked hourly work, that's the first rung in the ladder. And then, of course, ascended through the years into different roles. And then, Ben, you started you know, in school and then, then ultimately ended up working full time in a specialist role here too so that was more what i had in mind with inviting reed and ben tom was the fact that they had kind of covered a lot of area working here at the station so i'd like to hear either one or or both of y'all comment on how do you feel stoneville prepared you for what you do now some folks come and they spend a year or two maybe they just come and do a master's degree or we've had guys that came and worked hourly maybe a couple summers, and I see them now, you know, maybe that's 10 or 12 years ago that they worked, and they still comment on the summers that they worked at Stoneville. I kind of flew through what I, my background a little bit, but it's a little bit different than Ben's. You know, he kind of just came into it with the ag business background, but I've been working in research since I was 16 before they raised the age to 18, I think, to work at Stoneville. I didn't know I was going to be – or wanting to go to graduate school till probably my sophomore, junior year, my undergrad. 
then that's when I decided that I really actually loved this and, and wanted to be a part of the research side of agriculture. But I slowly learned in all those years about the attention to detail that it takes to run agricultural research. It's not like you get some chemicals or seed sent, you just go put it in the ground or spray or anything like that. You know, it's a lot of small, minute details that really make up what we did here or what is still done here. So attention to detail through my graduate school career was a big learning point for me too, because uh, Jason preached that to me every single day. So did Jeff and Don. Just you got you got to look at all the little things, you know. And if you see something out in the field that looks wonky or something like that, you know, you stop, take a picture, let's let's look at it, talk about it, write it down, write it down. Every single thing you do, write it down. That's a big one for me, Ben. I, I don't know about you, but attention to detail was one for me. Yeah, so I've had a couple things come to mind, and I came back a few weeks ago and talked to some of the graduate students that had some questions, and um, not only the the foundational skill set of, of doing applied research, but how to connect with people, how to build relationships, and how to diagnose problems. And so all three of those or four of those to me in agriculture, if you, if you have a job in ag, you can take any of those skill sets that you develop, you know, like we did here at Stoneville, uh, and carry them anywhere in the country and be gainfully employed, respected, and bring added value to the table. Because uh, like I said, my territory went from 17 counties in the Delta that I was ultra familiar with to, you know, a large chunk of the eastern United States. And and now it's gotten back into a, a more smaller territory. The agricultural practices are a little different. A lot of it's similar to how we do things in the Delta, but I was able to take a lot of those resources and skills that I've built and developed here and solve problems for guys in Illinois, solve problems for guys in Delaware, solve problems that if I hadn't come to Stoneville um, and hadn't been trained in the way that I was, that would have been very challenging. And, I, you know, there wouldn't have been any kind of level of confidence in walking into a field and being able to assess calmly what's going on. And I think that's a big skill set that I bring to you know, a lot of my job is rational level thinking and under situations where everybody's really upset. And the only way I got that was through exposure here. Uh, the second thing when it comes to relationships is at DREC, we all may have worked under one unit, but we were cross-trained, like Reed said, through a lot of different programs. And so you take that in my daily job now. If I get a if I get a call or a question, I don't really have to think about who to call. And I, Tom Allen's in my phone. I also wish Tom Allen a Merry Christmas or Daniel Stevenson from LSU or Connor Webster's now the LSU Rice Specialist when me and Connor were in school together. And so all those relationships – and all the people that I met through grad school and was exposed to through grad school, at the time, you really don't know how that's going to work out later in life. It ultimately ends up paying dividends if you remain in the agricultural world. Because me and Reed, even in my when I came to work for Simplot, it worked out that Reed was doing contract research for me. And you know, because of my relationship with Reed, it wasn't challenging to pick up the phone and go, hey, man, I need another two acres. You know, what you got? It's, to me, that's been a lot of the foundational stuff that, that I took away from my time at Stonewall. Well, and you've yeah. both said some pretty pertinent and interesting things that, one, you come here, you don't necessarily know what the language is, and that when you leave Stonewall, I think you're better equipped to understand sure, absolutely. the words we use across disciplines and even within specific disciplines, and then just the 
the ability to network and not be afraid to pick up the phone and call somebody here because odds are we know somebody in one of those states or can get you the telephone number and make that introduction. And in a lot of cases, that's an important thing to develop and cultivate as a graduate student and then even have those conversations with the next group of graduate students that, hey, it's, it's all just one big family. We all work together and basically have the same goal in mind. And even with you all going out into some private industry, that relationship continues. And we continue to cultivate that and work together and spend time in the field looking at things and looking at pictures because you all still send me pictures, you know, pretty regularly. And my role now, I swapped to a new set of crop advisors. So some of them, you know, a handful of them I knew, but I'm really meeting new people just about every day. But to me, I hope that it, and I, and I think that it helps build trust in the information that I'm providing when, you know, they know that I have a relationship with guys in the territory. And those are just relationships and any of the people with LSU or Arkansas that I've built with that, you know, I've heard either their regional specialist talk or they've been to the road crop short course and heard y'all talk that it helps build that comfort with talking to me as a, a regional agronomist that, you know, this guy is plugged in and knows who to get the answers from if he doesn't know. Yeah, and just to kind of add on to what y'all are talking on about the building relationships thing, I, I can't stress enough when I've had some undergraduate guys call me and ask me about, you know, what grad school was like. One of the main things, I, advice I give them is here at Stoneville or at Mississippi State, you know, you're we're extremely blessed to be able to go and meet other graduate students at other universities at the academic meetings that we are allowed to go to and building those relationships with not only the professors that are in place at those other universities, but the graduate, their graduate students has been extremely beneficial moving forward because all those graduate students that we were in graduate school with now kind of off of what Ben was saying or who we're going to be working with. Everybody that I met in grad school or that I built a relationship with is some form of a colleague. I mean, they may work for a different company or a different university, but you kind of see that same class structure, if you will, whatever that class of graduate students that were coming through those three or four years, we're all kind of in the same spots in our careers, whether it's within a university system or uh, in a private industry. So it's, it's really helpful to, I know I've said it a hundred times at this point, but the relationships I built through my time at Stoneville has been a huge part of who I became. Yeah. And that, and that's not to, you know, minimize the learning of the technical and applied knowledge, because if you get accepted here, you're going to learn the technical knowledge that you need to be able to achieve whatever your professional goal is. The technical knowledge with the professors that I know I can speak for at least Mississippi State, you're going to learn all the technical knowledge you need. But just like you said, building those relationships has been huge because you can lean on so many different people. Like if I call Connor, for instance, with the question, because I call Connor all the time for questions on uh, like aquatic weeds just because he's dealt with aquatic weeds, stuff like that. And you know I'm not going to know. I mean, you know, Reed makes a great point, and that's kind of what I alluded to about exposure to a lot of different things because I think when I was finishing my Ph.D., I can't remember if if Jason said it or somebody said it or or hopefully I didn't admit it because it would have been a fairly conceding comment for myself. But, you know, by the time I got done with my Ph.D., I had walked as many 
problems in a field as anybody that I knew. And you can't get that everywhere. I'm not saying that it, it doesn't happen everywhere, but my time at Stoneville and the research that I did was directly applied to problems in the Arklamas Delta region to help growers. And coming from that, I spent a lot of time with Jason and Tom and Bobby Golden walking fields and learning how to diagnose problems. And communicate those problems yeah. to growers or consultants. Yes, know. exactly. And and that could not have been done without the technical research, without walking plots, without, you know, learning a systematic approach to addressing issues. All that stuff just kind of compounds on itself that one day later in life, I don't know when it happens, but you go, huh, all that kind of ties in together to help help you fix issues and also being humble enough to know there might not be an answer or you might not know it or being able to find say you know i don't know the answer to this problem but i'll do everything i can to try and figure it out for you that's that was a big one for me because i can't tell you how many times jason preached it to me is you know he would send us problems in the field he would be looking at while we were doing research and ask us you know what does this look like there's been several times where, man, I, I might not know right now, but I can figure it out. Like you said, that systematic approach, but being able to understand there might not be an answer to everything in that field. Sometimes stuff just happens uh, one way or the other. So, But that's what the research side of that is, is trying to figure out what's causing those things that just happen. Well, diagnosing those field issues is an art form. Mm-hmm. We don't use that word enough. But from the educational standpoint, how important that is for graduate students to be exposed to that and for just about anybody listening to this to recognize that it's super important to put people into those experiences because that helps formulate ideas or it'll humble you because (laughs) you find out rather rapidly that wow, I have absolutely no earthly clue what that is. And I, and I think we all, I know Jason and I have those conversations regularly that, hey, I'm not exactly sure what I was looking at, and I don't, I don't know that I should have even been there, but I know that's not going to be a problem. And a lot of times I think you can at least land on that answer. That's one thing I always joke with folks. I got a Ph.D. in weed science, and some days I'm 10 out of 10, just knocking it out of the park. Next day, I might be two out of 10, and the 10 people I talk to wonder, he didn't come up with an answer. Because a lot of times in ag, there's not an answer, but if you've got an approach to figure out what's going on or the right people in place to talk to is, or at least I feel that way. I feel like some days I'm batting a 1,000, and other days it's like I couldn't even hit it off the tee. Ofer. Those are the good days, the ofer days. Like, man, I don't even know why they pay me to do this because I am an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, none of those problems are – Rarely do you go to a different cause or different fields or different areas and it's the same thing or it looks the same way, you know. So being familiar, like Tom said, exposure to those field calls and stuff like that helps familiarize yourself with what, especially the things you do figure out, right? Because when you do figure out and find out what it, what actually probably happened or what did happen, you know, you remember it. You know, the next time I see this, I'm going to know exactly what it is. So even when you get into one of those situations where you have no idea what's going on in a field or an area, you can use process of elimination. You know, I know it's not this. Even if you don't have an answer, you can at least eliminate some options. Um, so that was a big, big learning thing for me too. I, I won't brag too much about the ag community here, but I know for a fact 
that some of my colleagues and counterparts in other regions of this country do not have that type of exposure. I mean, the farming community here, farmers, crop consultants, field representatives, they pick up the phone and they call us and they ask those questions because they respect the answer that we're going to give them, even if it is on the day that we're adjacent over. I got asked 15 questions today and I had absolutely no answers to any of those because I've either A, never seen it before or have no idea what that is. And that, I mean, that happens. Or a lot of times you got to come back and look at it under a microscope. And at least in my discipline, that's, that's a pretty regular response, which is not, you know, Ben's response. I wish everybody could see that. Yeah. I run, I run far and fast away from the microscopes. <laughs> I, I try not to bring things back to the lab because sometimes you forget about them. A lot of what you're talking about is the farmers around here, the consultants call and ask because they trust you guys. You know, they trust because they know you're going to give them a straight answer, even if it's not what the the best case scenario or you or you'll tell them, hey, man, I'm not really sure. And we're really blessed to have a great group of growers in this in our in our state for sure. And especially in the area around Stoneville and consultants that are very supportive of what's being done on this research station and trust the work that we're doing. So that's a big plus to have around a research station like this. The comment I was going to make is the ag world is small. And so I've run into people all over, all over the country that within a few minutes, we piece somebody together that we knew from some part of the country. But here at Stoneville and the Delta region, it's what I've always told people that makes it different is you know, Tom lives in Cleveland, Jason lives in Greenville, I live in Scott, Reed lives in uh, Leland, and so we kind of all live within 35 miles of each other. Well, a lot of the farthest ends of this territory are really, like, two hours. And so you're living in a place where not only the people that you work with, you know, you go to church with, you see at the grocery store, the the farmers you deal with or the folks you see on the weekends, the folks you go hunting with or fishing with, and I know that's not uncommon to other parts of the world, but for here, and this is what I've always, this is one thing that I've told folks is, you know, we take a lot of pride in the information that we that we learned here and the information that we disseminate either through Stoneville or from Stoneville because you have to see those people on a regular basis. And so I think that's where a lot of what, what Reed was talking about coming in is the first time I learned to say it's okay, it's okay to say I don't know. And then you run into the guy at the grocery store a week later and, you know, he hits you up like, hey, did you ever figure that out? And like, man, I still don't know. He goes, well, I at least appreciate you telling me that you didn't know versus, you know, you're not going to get away with running, out, running some answer out there that might work and might not because you might see somebody like the next day and not necessarily call you out on it. But I feel really close to a lot, a lot of the people here and the community. And so I think that really inspired me and drove me to, to try to get the best answers for people and to learn as much as I could, you know, while I was here. Because the community does support, like I said, going back to the support of this station and graduate students, it's not just a Mississippi State or DREC thing. Everyone in this area, like you're saying, knows what we do out here and respects it and supports it. So it is kind of like a family this area, you know, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's, for the most part, trying to help out each other. You know, so that's that's one of a good one of the good things came, that came from working at Stoneville. Ben Reed, thank y'all for taking time out of your morning and coming and visiting with us again. I honestly did not occur to me that 
that y'all had both come through our program at one point. I honestly wanted to hear what you had to say, but I hope y'all know that we're proud of you. We're proud for the time that y'all spend here and all of the folks that worked with you at the same time too. And I'm not going to list them all off because I'll leave somebody out, but I'm proud to see y'all go out and make your way in the world and make an impact too. So I look forward to seeing what y'all do in future years. Very connected to both of y'all. Reed's daughter and my daughter are in the same class at school. Ben and his wife are great friends with my family. So look forward to seeing what y'all accomplish in the future. Wouldn't be here without you guys. So thank y'all. Well, we appreciate you continuing to to have such good comments. and, And, you know, you can extend the fact that you had a great educational experience in Stoneville when you go somewhere else in this country and and deal with someone else in another state, and that's important. I forgot to mention this, and I was thinking about it, is during my undergrad, I went to a foreign exchange program. It was like a pilot thing where I went to Brazil for a week, and some Brazil students came to the Delta. And every university, we visited a couple of universities, and they automatically asked me if I was from Stoneville, that I work at Stoneville. So to me, I always felt like I was carrying that reputation or I was part of a part of a brand within a brand. And that's what first really told me how special Stoneville was. It's the best in the world, man. Best, best in the world. Best research, best research station at a university in the world. I tell people that they might think I'm crazy, may look at me funny, but I'll stand behind it till the day I die. I don't know that I have anything to add at the end of that because that's that's how I feel on a daily basis when I get to come here to work. That's But thank you both. We're all proud of you and we're appreciative that we can continue to maintain the relationship that we started while you were here. Thank you for having us. The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.